welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. The one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Today on the program, you saw the title, I think you saw the title of the program, and it's called Show Me the Money. I've already come up with the title of the program before I even wrote it and you saw it because David and I are going to talk about revenue marketing as our first topic. David, how are you? I'm doing well, David. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk to your audience. Thank you for joining taking time out of your day. Uh, if, if you don't know, David's the founder and CEO of Drift, and David and I first connected when he was presenting at a conference last year. And it was, I think it was Rev Summit. Does that sound right, David? Were you presenting at that one? It was one in San Francisco, I think. I was, yeah. That was it. I kicked that one off uh, at the beginning of the day, right after uh, Sangram from uh, Terminus. Yeah. So David was up on stage, and I'm sitting here in the audience. I don't know David. I don't know anything about Drift at this point. And you go into this story about... You know, imagine you walk into, and I can't do David Cancel. I can do David Lewis, but I can't do David Cancel. <laughs> and you say, imagine you walk into a store, and you, you, you go around this retail store, and you check out everything, and you find a bunch of things that you like, and you walk up to the counter and say, great, love all this stuff. Uh, here's my contact information. Get in touch with me, or something like yeah. that. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. God, that makes so much sense. Like, why do we build these websites and merchandise all of our offerings and services and put up landing pages and ask the person as they're leaving uh, to give us their information. And you have started Drift to really change the paradigm yeah, and change the way we interact. Yeah, we're trying to bring it back to basics. And so the the realization I had was, uh, and I have, my background is I've been a part of and started many companies in the marketing and sales software space, SaaS space. And, uh, and so I've built marketing automation, CRM, I've built... Uh, all sorts of analytic platforms. And uh, and I had this realization when I was starting Drift and I was looking at the world and said, wow, the world has really changed from the beginning, from 10, 15, 20 years ago when I started in this industry. And now all of a sudden we're, we're messaging with people around the world. And that now that's normal. It wasn't normal 10 years ago. And we expect, you know, to be able to buy things 24-7, 365, everything from ordering cars via Uber or ordering a can of soda from Postmates to be delivered to you in real time. And we, you know, all the power is moving to us, the consumers, and that's good news, and away from the companies. But if I look at the industry that I've served, which is B2B, like it doesn't make any sense anymore. And I started to use this analogy that you um, that you talked about, which is like, just imagine your website is a store, because I like to reduce everything down to something that your grandmother would understand, right? And said, if your website was a store, would this seem weird to you? You drive, you spend all your money driving people to show up at your store. And then when they show up at your store and they want to buy something from you, you won't, one, talk to them because you, because you think it doesn't scale or you don't think that they're qualified. Two, your only hopes of converting those people who have showed up physically to your store is to hope that they leave their name, phone number, title, and reason for visiting on a piece of paper, a.k.a. a form in the digital sense. And that your sales team will find that form, that piece of paper, and maybe get back to them in days, weeks, if not months later. And at that point, you re-engage them and you say, hey, we're ready, David, we're ready for you to come down to the store. We're ready to sell you that thing you were interested in. If I describe that to any normal person in the world, they would say that is the most insane, crazy, nonsensical approach to 
uh, getting customers, but that's exactly what we all do in all of demand gen and B2B today. It's uh, it's clearly a memorable story and a memorable scenario because <laughs> I, I, I recalled, again, I can't do David Cancel, but it really stuck yeah. with me. Um, I left that conference and me being me and such a marketing technology geek went and signed up for uh, one of your versions of Drift and installed it yeah. in literally moments, dropped the code on one of my websites and yeah. played around with it, learned the ins and outs of it. And I'm like, great, great tool. So for those of you who've never heard of Drift, but you may mm-hmm. be familiar with, you know, chatbots and uh, website mm-hmm. chat technology, definitely uh, check it out. Wasn't the focus of today, but uh, it's always great uh, for you to know the various marketing technology that's out there. And, and Dave and his team are building a really uh, successful platform. And if you haven't experimented with this, uh, maybe take the approach I did and learn more about it and, and contact. Who should they contact if they're interested in learning more? Go to drift.com and we're right there and we'll talk to you in person and we'll treat you like a real human, which is, uh, you know, uh, rare today. Yes. Uh, as you like to say, it's it's B to H. And, and, uh, it's B to H. That's right. B to H. Well, let's, you know, like I said, the theme of today is show me the money. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about a topic that you and I are both very passionate about, which is, you know, how do we get marketing to really demonstrate their contribution to growth and revenue? Mm-hmm. And uh, another podcast that I did recently, for those of you that are listening, you'll, you're going to hear some consistency in that my personal BHAG, my personal goal, like why I am doing what I am doing here at DemandGen and my role within this ecosystem is I'm not going to stop until marketing makes as much money, if not more money, than the chief revenue officer, because I truly believe that we should in this day and age. And I want to- I'm 100% a- with you. Awesome. I just want to start a movement and an advocacy of like, let's get people to that next level because we are driving mm-hmm. revenue. However, to your point, marketing's not doing a really good job in most places in demonstrating their contribution to revenue. And, um, you know, David, share with me what prompted you to kind of start um, writing about this and, and, you know, helping people understand that, you know, don't get marred down in all the metrics. Where'd that come from? Yeah, I think it came from the same place as uh, really examining, getting that time. You know, sometimes you get that time to step back and reexamine like everything and reflect on everything that you've built in the past and reflecting on my time at, at as chief product officer at HubSpot and building that whole platform and then before that performable and all of these systems that I've built and 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 realizing like you know what, uh, we need to right a wrong. Uh, that we put into the market. We built these tools and we built these ways that you can measure, simply measure the effectiveness of, of demand gen. And now people have done what people do, which is take them too far and become obsessed about, you know, measuring every pixel, measuring every, you know, attribution, measuring every lead, MQL, SQL, PQL, whatever you want to call them in your in your context. And they've kind of lost sight of what we're here to do as marketers and as businesses. And we're here to, like Peter Drucker says, a business only exists to uh, fulfill the needs of its customers. There's no other reason a business exists, right? There's nothing else, right? And so like this idea, and how do you fulfill your need of customers? Well, one, you get customers, aka revenue in the house. And as you make them more successful, if they're happy, you're able to generate even more revenue. And so started to think down that line and think like, wait a second, but in marketing, we never talk about revenue. Right. Most marketers never talk about revenue, especially in the B2B context. Right. Uh, You see it in e-commerce, but you don't see it in B2B. We talk about 
these imaginary things, marketing qualified leads, product qualified leads, sales qualified leads. Uh, we talk about this meta information, which again, I use the test, the grandmother, always use the grandmother test. If you said my job was to generate MQLs, no one on, on earth would know what you're talking about outside of marketing. And so I said, okay, what, why can't we just measure the customer? Why can't we just measure revenue? And started to look at all the tools that I had built and seeing like, okay, the disconnects and being able to attribute down to the revenue side of things because marketing platforms were largely built in isolation of sales platforms. Uh, and that continues today and said, when we're building Drift, can we actually build a platform that instead of uh, separates marketing and sales, unifies sales and marketing around the customer. And if we do that, then we can measure marketing's attribution yeah. directly to revenue. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, the idea of like, well, I want to be the kind of marketer. And we and we actually created shirts that say this. If you go to drift.com slash revenue reporting, uh, you can get a free shirt. And it says, I'm a marketer who generates dollars, not leads, right? That's the kind of marketer that you want to be. You want to generate dollars and show your value to the organization. Forget about leads. Let's stop talking about leads. It doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Wait, let, let's hit that again. Free shirts. That's a bonus on Demand Gen Radio today. So go, yes. go get your free shirt. You know, the thing is, you know, let's, let's talk in marketing's defense. Um, I graduated yes. with a degree in computer science and in mm -hmm. marketing. Um, you, as you mentioned, were chief product officer at HubSpot. So you guys were building tools that would help marketers be able to get to where they need. But here's my experience. I learned about the four P's. And then I spent yes. two decades in marketing, coming up with award-winning creative, amazing websites, incredible demand generation, lead generation programs. But you know what I never got? Anyone who taught me marketing metrics. There's no, as I say, I put this in my book, yep. there's no GAAP, G-A-A-P, generally yes. accepted accounting principles for marketing. There's no standards that have ever been set for what marketing nope. um, should report on. And what you're saying and, and talking about is that, yes, marketers are drowning in metrics and we have tons of analytics from, you know, website traffic and uh, cost per lead analysis and all these different metrics that we can create. But your message was just revenue matters. Just revenue. That's matters. it. Just re measure revenue. And then you can talk in the same language that the CEO talks and the CFO talks and, and the CRO and, the, and you're unified in one thing, which is the success of your customers, which is ultimately measured in terms of revenue. Instead of talking in this uh, Dungeons and Dragons meta language of MQLs, SQLs, whatever acronym you want to come up with, which mean nothing to the CEO, mean nothing to the sales uh, leader. And that's why we get into the fights that we do between sales and marketing about, well, this isn't really an MQL. It's not really an SQL. Is it an MQL and SQL? And it's like, it doesn't matter. What matters is revenue. Right. Well, I want to I challenge it a little bit, though. I know a lot sure. of people, we've got some clients on the program, and they know that, you know, especially anybody who's read my book, know that I'm a big advocate of the concept of the demand funnel and some of that yes. lexicon that you shared. So I want to mm -hmm. talk about that. But here's the thing. Revenue marketing, becoming a revenue marketer. Actually, yes. let me back up one more time. As you said, and I literally write this in my book, the reason that sales makes the big bucks is they can tell exactly how much revenue they have generated. As a department, as individuals, they can tell yes. you how many deals they've closed one. So that's the message we're trying to get across is that's 100%. where you want to get to so that you can have that level of impact and be able to communicate it on the organization that's the top of the mountain and you need to get there quickly and i think what you're saying is on the way to the top of the mountain in being able to revenue report 
don't get weighed down in all those other metrics. Get to the top of the mountain quicker. And where I want to challenge you is this. I put forward a, uh, a framework or a metaphor called the demand factory. And I talk about that demand factory as raw materials are your leads. And that's what you take in. And you convert those raw materials into finished goods, that being customers. And so what we teach our clients and in, you know, set up for them is the inventory management systems, if you will, mm-hmm. of where they are in the production process. Right? Because if we've got a container metaphorically of inquiries yep. and a container metaphorically of MQLs, then we know how to focus our marketing efforts on those and move them down that process. Or I, I, it's not like we're it's not like there's gravity or an actual production line, yeah. but we know how to communicate with them to educate them and move them through the buying process. I think what you're saying is that's all well and good, but if you walk around the hallways and talk in acronyms and lexicon that's a foreign mm-hmm. language to others, you're not doing yourself a service. And I'm saying I, I, absolutely be a savvy marketer, but but remember when you're in the, the boardroom or you're producing your PowerPoints and you're talking about your contribution to the business, they know the R word. They know the revenue well word, and they need you to understand it and show your contributions there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, you know, I'll challenge one thing. I'll say like um, because I am, I am the controversial guest, right? Like, nice. uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't actually believe in the funnel, right? I I've been I built funnel software my entire career, and I get it, and I understand it. I've been talking to MQLs my for it seems like my entire life. But you know, now I look back at it, and I'm like, you know what? The it, I think a couple things have happened in in my lifetime. One of them was that, and this this was. Outside of digital as well, this existed and this came from the old days, direct mail and uh, the direct mail demand, demand gen back then. This idea of the funnel of like, I put in a thousand at the top and at the bottom I get one customer, right? This whole idea of this kind of, this metaphor of the funnel. And I think that came from a world where one, it was hard to qualify and understand that what those people were at the thousand. They were just an anonymous thousand things and I'm sifting to one that also came from a world where cost was almost nothing to put those thousand at the top and mm-hmm. to get the one at the bottom but that is radically changing as we all know in demand gen today and I say you know I step back again and say okay let's go back to that store analogy let's let's think about the store if we were in a restaurant today and we sat together in this restaurant and I said the business model of, let me tell you about this business model for this restaurant the business model of this restaurant is predicated on them getting a thousand people to show up to this restaurant and to look around and and they expect to get one out of that thousand people to actually sit down and have dinner, you would think I was a crazy person, right? If you put it in physical terms. And I think because it's been so easy, both in direct mail and now in digital, for us to do that, we haven't really stepped back, including myself, I'm, I'm, I'm deep in this step back and say, wait a second, is there something wrong with this inherent with the model of we get a thousand or one or whatever the ratio is, 500 or 100, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what it is. Uh, it still would sound crazy if you were to explain that to your grandmother of like, hey, in order for our candy store to work, we have to get a thousand people to show up to the candy store and then one person buys candy. would be like, well, that doesn't actually sound like a business to me. That doesn't sound like it should work. It does work and it has worked in digital and offline because of the economics, but those economics are changing. 
and the dynamics are changing. And more important than the economics is the expectation of those thousand people not being treated like anonymous thousand people, but actually being treated like an individual. Uh, that's radically changing in our world. So I just, uh, you know, I push back and say, like, it might be time for us to rethink some of these metaphors that we've been using because right. not because they're inherently wrong, because uh, but because we get so myopic, all of us, including myself, and then get we, we lose sight of the actual goal, which is customers. Well, I, I think, uh, by the way, I love the um, the different perspectives. And I'm going to be I'm curious to see where we're going to land. We're going to either mm-hmm. agree to disagree or we're going to find that we share <laughs> some similar views, but maybe think about think it differently. Do. Yeah, well, let's let's see, because. First of all, what's what's unfortunately been happening in the last several years um, is that as smart people and analyst firms and research firms want to provide new information to marketers, I believe they are overcomplicating things. I'm not going to call out names, but there's companies that begin with the letter S, and every time that yes. they release <laughs> new frameworks, it's like, oh my yeah. God, what are you doing to Crazy. this marketing community? You were, you were A, Frightening them, B, making their jobs more difficult, and C, just overcomplicating uh, the process. And um, mm-hmm. I hate to be controversial there, but like I've, we've gone from the, the demand waterfall to wow. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I look at it, I mean, if you search actually Google for demand funnel, all of demand gen mm-hmm. stuff come up. So that's the word that I use, A, to avoid mm-hmm. trademark infringements, but B, because yep. that to me, the demand funnel is analogous. Here's the point to the sales funnel. And yes, that, yes. to me, the lexicon, the different stages, are really no different than stage zero to stage five deals. When you teach salespeople how to handle and what you should be doing at stage one is different than at stage three and stage five. So I'm really trying to teach our clients how to manage demand at various stages of the buying process. Mm-hmm. To me, that's mm-hmm. what the demand funnel is. It's not this linear buying process yes. as marketers yes. if they're just suspects and you've never marketed to them before communicate this way to this audience but if they're deeper down in the education process then bring this content forward that's mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. i'm trying to oh put i totally as a agree framework. with you i i totally agree with you see i i knew there was uh because i've read your stuff i know there's common we're talking the same thing you know i go all the way to one extreme because I'm trying to wake up people because there's a there's a method in the way that you're teaching it, which is ingrained in it is a large amount of common sense. But what I find is common sense is not common. And most people miss the message that we're all espousing, including yourself, and go straight to, you know, robotic you know, I'm going to get this many people in the funnel and they're not really thinking about, well, these are people. How do we treat people, right? Like, what about if they never came in that in your prescribed funnel? And that's the part of the funnel that I don't think exists, right? This idea of the, that there's this linear path because there, as we know, there's many paths in yes. this. And then because there are many paths, then we get our brain, brains twisted about us not having, you know, the uh, the thing that no one ever has, which is proper marketing attribution and modeling and all this stuff. And then we get lost again. We just keep getting deeper and deeper in the rabbit hole lost about yes. trying to perfect this perfect model when it's like maybe not everyone's going to come in through a linear funnel. Maybe the people are going to come from the side. Maybe you're going to do marketing activities that cannot be perfectly measured. Yeah. But if you were taught to talk to your customers, they would say, Hey, I heard about Demand Gen Radio on Spotify. Even though maybe you cannot perfectly attribute that at a pixel level, 
all of them are telling you that, so you have the common sense enough to say, oh, I guess Spotify is working for us as a channel. That's this great thing about marketing is that we are an incubator of innovation and ideas. Yes. I mean, first of all, I thought this year's Super Bowl ads were horrible. Um, some of yeah, the worst that I've seen because the, there's no why, you know, except for maybe yes. one or two of those commercials, there wasn't really like why I should buy your product, and it was just clever creativity at best on some of them. But that's really not the purpose of marketing, especially if you're spending five million dollars. No. I do believe in omni-channel marketing. I do think it's okay yes. to run billboards. I do think it's okay to run TV ads. I do think it's okay to put even ads in newspapers, for that matter, if it sure. can make an impact. But keep in mind, you might not be measure able to measure that. Mm -hmm. For example, as you said, I have no idea if Demand Gen Radio is generating one lead or a thousand leads. And mm -hmm. I might never know yep. until someone makes maybe some kind of piece of technology that can map yeah. listeners' IP addresses into <laughs> the system. And boy, if we take all the time to figure that out. To your point, can you just look at what marketing's contribution to revenue is? So here's yes. the thing, David. How do you, how do we, I met with a company earlier this week. I don't know when you're listening to this podcast, but let's just say in January, I met with a company, mm -hmm. um, don't want to say their name, but they have a very famous icon of a bird. And they, <laughs> um, like a lot of companies, struggle with campaign attribution. And, yep. you know, social media, things like this podcast, inbound marketing, how do you mm -hmm. track it? And I think the point is some things you're just not going to be able to track, but you can track marketing spend and you can track marketing's revenue contribution at the, at the end of the day, that is all your CEO cares about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, the way that we do it is, uh, you know, built into what we do at Drift is we ask our customers directly. Not through a form, not through a bunch of bullets. We just ask them in the conversation, in the sales process, right? In B2B, if you have salespeople, you have the advantage that from a demand gen standpoint, they're going to talk to the salesperson. So as part of the conversation, we train our salespeople to ask them. And guess what? Our, you know, because of what we do as, as a technology, but you, know, you could probably do this yourself, we analyze the actual words of the customer, whether those come in through uh, chat, email, whatever communication channel, we look at the actual words that the customer has said. And, they, and, and what we see in there is that they say, hey, guess what? You know, they, this customer heard about us through our podcast. And then I explain that to other marketers who say, how do you measure the effectiveness of the podcast that you guys do at Drift? And I say, well, we see customers, we see this percentage of our customers telling us that they, can't, they heard of us because of that. And they say, okay, great. That's awesome. How do you actually measure that, you know, in whatever tool, you know, like whatever tool that they're obsessed with? And I'm like, you can't. We just asked them. It's in the word. They told us, again, back to that store analogy. Imagine they walked into your store and you said, how did you hear of Demand Gen store? And you said, I heard about you on your radio show. And then you said, well, I can't measure this because this is not in Google Analytics. Right. Right. As, as ridiculous as that example sounds, uh, that is the literal conversation that I have with marketers every day. And, you know, that's a good recommendation for companies that probably deal with a certain volume of customers. And, yep. you know, it's it's ironic you bring it up today because yesterday we use a chat system from Ring Central called Glip. It's a lot like Slack. Uh, mm -hmm. We're a very proud Ring Central customer. Love those guys. Uh, and it's a great communication tool. Guess what, what the thread was yesterday? It was Beverly on our team. She's a campaign manager. Mm -hmm. And she was sharing with Nova, giving high fives to Nova and said, hey, by the way, I talked to Pods. Pods is a, a client of ours, the container folks. And oh, yeah, yeah. she asked our key contact there, she said, by the way, how did you ever become 
a customer of demand gen, probably to your point, a question mm-hmm. asked earlier in the life cycle of uh, yep. the relationship with the client. But she goes, you know, I was listening to this webinar and Nova was on there and Nova was teaching us about account-based marketing and <laughs> it's just stuck with me. And I like, I want to work with that person. And so I went to your website, I filled out a form and the rest is history. And she shared that story and it lit up Nova um, she gave you know kudos to her. I gave kudos back to marketing, saying, "Hey, don't forget when marketing's asking you to write those blog posts, team, and coming up with those webinars. Right. This is why exactly." Mm-hmm. Last year we did our analytics. I want to come back to the point about that's all your CEO cares about. I know yes. down to a science that our marketing team generated fifty percent of the company's revenue, and I'm doing plus or minus, but it was a little mm-hmm. bit more than that. Fifty percent. I know how much sales contributed to. Revenue, I know how much repeat customers, people who had worked with us in the past came back. That's 25% of our new logos last year, which is amazing. Thank you, customers. And know how Mm -hmm. much alliances contributed uh, as well. That's all we look at. So when our head of marketing put her budget together for this year, and I looked at the percentage of that as a percentage to total revenue, that seemed in the right range. When she talked about, hey, listen, I think I can take our contribution to revenue from X to Y, and that's why I'm adjusting our budget and adjusting our spend, everything made sense. What I really love about her and her team is they are watching and analyzing what's working and what's not and making adjustments to their budget. But I don't need to know all that minutia. I love that. You know, that's trade the way shows. you should run. But uh, mo- mo- most, most companies don't run the way no. that you're describing. But that comes back to, I think, where we started, which was there's no gap mm-hmm. for marketing. There's no great education exactly. on what you should or shouldn't be doing. So we went down this path. By the way, uh, when I went to your website during the podcast, uh, Sean <laughs> Kenny uh, said, we help businesses just like DemandGen generate leads and book more qualified sales meetings. Let me know. If you have any questions, it's kind of like the Walmart reader. <laughs> That's so awesome. he's, he's there waiting for me. Love the personalization. Don't tell me how you do it. Seems like magic. Yeah. Love it. I know how you do it, but... That's yeah. that's awesome. Great, great job. And then that's that's exactly the metaphor. You nailed it, which is the Walmart greeter right? yeah. or the Apple store greeter, whatever store you want to use, which is like, why don't we just welcome people who come to our store, a.k.a. our website? Why don't we encourage them to have a conversation with us? Uh, and then because if you're in sales, you know that the only way you're going to get revenue is if, to, if you start a conversation. But we lost that part of things in the marketing side of things, right? Which is like, there is no revenue for sales if there is no conversation. Whatever channel you use the conversation over, whether it's phone, in person, email, chat, it doesn't really matter. But it does. there is no revenue without the conversation Yeah. if you have a sales team. Do you, do you have kids? I do. I have two kids, 12 and 6. 12 and 6. Okay. I have two as well, but they're 22 and 20. One's just about mm. to graduate college. And whether they're 12 Congrats. and 6 or 22 and 20, guess how they love to communicate, right? Messages. Messaging. 100%. Chat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's funny, like web-based chat has been around for a while, but you have brought oh, it back into focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and guess what? Today's buyers, the younger generation of, of buyers and consumers are, feel very comfortable interacting, more comfortable mm-hmm. than picking up the telephone. So there's a reason that this is back in focus and you've taken AI and other technologies and applied it to it and advanced it to make it more that uh, engaging. Kudos again. Um, uh, thank you. That, that was the observation that we had when we started the company was not a technological uh, uh, observation because as you said, chat has been existed my entire career. So over 20 years, right? And things like Slack or the version of chat that you use internally 
that's been around for 25 years. I used IRC 25 years ago. It's exactly the same. There's no difference. Um, you know, different skin. But they, if you put an IRC screen from 25 years ago, and I do this internally to teach our, our young product and, and uh, engineers, next to a screenshot of Slack, you'll notice they are almost pixel for pixel exactly the same. You know, And the point of that is not to deride anything from Slack or from any of us. It's to say... That it's not the tech, it's a common model that people understand that's important, one. Two, the big innovation is not necessarily the technology, but the time and the context, the time and space. And so the observation we had was, hey, messaging has been around forever, but until five, six years ago, it was still fringe. It was still just us geeks uh, who were using it. And then all of a sudden, because of the uh, smartphone, right? Adoption throughout the world. We went from hundreds of millions of people using that kind of technology to billions overnight. And not only using it, but defaulting to wanting to use that as their primary source of communication. And that is why we started the company at the time that we did, because we saw that shift happening. We were riding the momentum, just like Slack is and other companies were riding the momentum of that shift that's happening. Yep. And then we to use it for sales and demand gen, we had some special things that we had to do that didn't exist in, in chat before, which is like, well, how do you do real-time qualification? If you do, how do you do in a conversational method, right? And so like, let's take your SDR, BDR type rules and uh, questions and let's have a bot do that. And can a bot do that? And if a bot did that and real-time qualified someone, could it do real-time routing, global routing with all the sales complexity you may have about how you round robin or distribute your leads or weight your leads or all that stuff? Can we do all of that decision-making in real-time? And that's what we do at Drift. The, um, the Drift chat experience, one of the things that impressed me when I, like I say, signed up, I don't know if it was a free trial or just a free version, but I put it on my book site. So on manufacturingdemand.com, mm-hmm. they still let me touch the scripts and, uh, you know, get oh, geeky wow. on there. So I threw on <laughs> that. And what I thought was really cool was, you know, that, let's call it retail storefront, um, is just me. There's no sales team behind that. That's where people can yep. come and download the book. So I put the scripts on there and I'm like, well, what happens when I'm not sitting here at my desk, which I'm never at my desk, uh, to mm-hmm. chat and you've integrated with mobile and have a mobile app so I can see and people can interact with me no matter where I am. Very, very clever. And it's interesting that you've scaled the platform for you know a solo entrepreneur maybe on their site, but also to a large either SDR or sales team that can engage with, uh, with folks. It's cool. It's very cool. Um, piece of trivia, and you probably know this because I think you know everybody, uh, Mark Organ, founder of uh, yeah, Eloqua. Of Do you know what Eloqua's very first product was before it became a marketing yeah, automation he, system? Yeah, he, he told me. It was chat. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah he did, I didn't know this, but he told me this uh, couple uh, this year. So I've known Mark for a long time, obviously, through the HubSpot days and before that, and uh, he told me that it was chat. Yeah. But yeah, and we laughed about it because we said uh, there's probably nothing – Aside from our real-time routing and, and kind of uh, qualification, like there was nothing different about what he was trying to do. The difference was the world was not ready. And that's a thing that entrepreneurs and business owners need to really understand. You just you need to be on the right time of history. It doesn't matter how great the technology is, but if the world is not ready to adopt it yet, uh, you're going to have a hard time. A lot of people talk about timing and that they think you know mm-hmm. they're lucky with timing. And I think that the entrepreneurs mm-hmm. that have been successful, it wasn't luck with timing. They knew 
that this is the time, whether it's a little voice inside their head. They mm-hmm. knew like now's the time to invent electric light. Now is the time yep. to, you know, use, uh, you know, take oil and try to use it as as, as a fuel. You know, it wasn't like mm-hmm. the car came around just at the right time. Uh, you know, it's, uh, totally. it's smart entrepreneurs that need to capitalize. Um, and yes, there's luck in some businesses that are incredibly successful, but um, mm-hmm. I mean, it all all comes from a lot of perspiration and a lot of a lot of hard work. You've had a tremendous um, career. What are you guys doing to um, help get your message out? I know you guys do a conference. Are you guys going to do that again yep. this year? Yeah, we started our first conference last year. It was called it's called Hypergroove, and um, and we had 1,400 people come here to Boston in uh, in the fall. What we're going to do this year is we're going to have two conferences, Hypergrowth East in Boston in September and Hypergrowth West in September as well. And uh, we're going to shoot for about uh, a little over 4,000 people in Boston and a little over 1,000 on our first year in San Francisco. And the thing that we do differently about our conference, we haven't been to, uh, as uh, as you have, a gazillion conferences and spoken at a bazillion conferences, I wanted to create something different. I wanted to create something that was more about coming together as a community, uh, all focused on one thing, which is learning and getting better, but across multiple dimensions, not only in marketing and sales, but also in our personal life and um, in our health and all aspects. And so half of the, the conference is really a mixture of South by Southwest and TED, where all the speakers are single track. It's really, there's no booths, there's no scanning, there's no none of that stuff. It's really just people coming together, having a good time, learning from other marketing and salespeople half the time. And then half the talks are people from ex-Navy SEALs that are teaching us about leadership, uh, people who have built incredible personal brands, uh, people who have built... Um, in, uh, video communities and fitness communities out in the real world globally across the world and we're learning from them on what it takes to build a brand and stand out in today's noisy world well, i love that the content is not just industry specific and that you're bringing in folks uh like from the navy to really teach and inspire us about great leadership those are my favorite kind of conferences and by the way if you're looking for speakers or mc i know a guy i just happen to know a guy who'd be willing to help you that's out. awesome i will definitely be there either as an attendee or would love to be um part of the, the education fun. crew you've got um what boston's in uh september september you're going to do both in in East and West, same. Sep- yeah, same. we're doing both in September. So we're we're doing uh, at the beginning of September. We're doing the one in uh, Boston at the end of the month, the f- same week as uh, Dreamforce in San Francisco. So we'll have it on that Monday, uh, the same week as Dreamforce, and Dreamforce starts officially on Tuesday. So we're going to be kicking it, kicking off the week as people are coming into town and landing uh, to learn lots about marketing and sales. I know what day that is because it's September 24th. You know why? Because my birthday That's is right. September 25th. So I want to thank you for throwing a really big uh, thousand-person <laughs> party throw for the me. Biggest birthday party you've ever had. Awesome. Well, David, it was. It's been great to um, just banter about marketing <laughs> lingo and what's really important, yeah. and uh, geek out a little bit about drift and the power of chat. I do encourage people to check it out. Um, I haven't attended your conference. I wasn't there last year. I'll definitely get it on the calendar uh, for this year and would love to see you when you come out to the West Coast so we can spend a little bit more time together and talk about this great passion that we both share, which is getting marketing to the top of uh, the revenue ladder. And I don't mean by revenue contribution. I mean earnings. Let's let's get you guys there. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, David, for joining on the on the program. 
Thanks for having me, David. I'm excited to hang out in person, both at Hypergrowth and next time out out west. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on the show. It was excellent. Uh, you bet. Great to have you. And as David mentioned, I don't know if you picked up, he said the word Spotify. We got great news that we have been picked up on Spotify and iHeartRadio. Wow, that's tough for me to say. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge iHeart fan because I was a DJ back in the day, still oh, love wow. music, so I listened to a lot of iHeart channels, but now I can listen to the Demand Gen podcast. Well, I, I'm not listening to myself, but maybe you all can. And um, again, David, have a great weekend, and uh, it was great to connect, and um, I'll see you soon. Same here, David. Take care. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We look forward to having you on the next episode of Demand Gen Radio. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.